0: Hey guys, good morning and welcome back to another episode of Medic Mornings. I'm your host, Fiona, and today I'm joined by a very, very good friend of mine, Paria. I'll let you introduce yourself.
1: (laughs) Hi everyone, my name's Paria and I'm a 2023 medicine reapplicant. And last year I had four rejections, but this year I have gotten an offer from Stephen Newcastle, St. George's and Queen Mary's and I am hopefully going to be going to Queen Mary's <laughs> next year.
0: Shut up. I didn't realize you had four offers. I literally was like, "Oh my god." She's just listing them and she's just going on. So, four rejections to four offers. How do you feel about that like genuinely?
1: I mean, last year it was so devastating seeing the track emails and opening them one by one and they were all rejections, mm-hmm. but it kind of feels good cuz I feel like I did work harder this year. And it just feels like, I kind of, I don't know, it kind of paid off. So it's kind of.
0: It obviously did pay off. I mean, like you're you're literally, like four offers. That's something that most people don't even get on their second try. You know, so big, big congratulations to you. you. Well done. Um, what do you think in terms of working harder? Like, how do you think you worked harder on the second try?
1: I mean it definitely helped that I had those interviews. Like I knew what a medicine interview would be like. I kinda got the whole sense of, you know, what I'm supposed to be preparing for, like and also talking with other med applicants. I kinda understood like the hot topics, um, like knowing about the NHS because as an international applicant especially, I had no idea how the NHS operated. So kinda like mm-hmm. working on my interview skills and my UCAT, because last year my main problem was basically my UCAT and I think just focusing more on it because on a gap year you basically don't really have much to do so just spending <laughs> <time>. <laughs> just, just kind of spending time on that yeah
0: what else did you do like uh, aside from you know UCAT like academics are there any like extracurriculars that you did to supplement your application in a better way
1: I mean, I didn't really do work experience because I had it before, but I did join a first aid class and it kind of Mm -hmm. showed to me how like important it is to make decisions like right at the time. And it definitely was something that I used in my med interviews, like, you know, when they asked you, tell me about a time. That was one of the answers that I gave. And yeah, I think like socializing as well, but it didn't really add to my application much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about like this first aid course like how can applicants join a first aid course and add that integrate that into their application
1: okay um i think it really depends to where you live you just have to kind of like search first aid classes near me on google and you will get a few results and also i think many hospitals or if you are in a student medical group in your school they sometimes offer these for free so I think even if they don't, and if you are in a medic, you know the medicine group activity thing in your school, you can definitely make this happen yourself. You just mm-hmm. have to contact the first aid courses like around you in your city, in your area, and there will definitely be some free ones, some cheap ones, some exp- expensive ones. So just you know talk around with people, and also hospitals sometimes offer these to the volunteers if you're doing work experience there. So it's just. A matter of you know just searching it yourself i don't mm-hmm. is-
0: what does it what does it
1: entail <laughs> um i think what they taught me was like um when i see someone passed out how should i approach them and also mm-hmm. like the basics of cpr the abcde approach to i don't know checking their surroundings airway breathing circulation and all that and i mean okay maybe it wasn't um something that maybe would really help you but it did give me an insight of like A&E and because I know mm-hmm. that people would get there sometimes unconscious and like in really bad conditions and doctors and nurses and everyone in the hospital has to be like really quick and seeing the course and seeing how much you have to pay attention to before actually approaching the patient was really eye-opening so that's kind of what they taught me.
0: Uh I love that and I think like really taking a first aid course I used to think that a first aid course was in your medical degree but now I'm like oh shit like I actually have to take it like imagine I don't know how to use a defibrillator and I'm just like "Mm." but I probably should
1: so they didn't teach us how to use a ventilator either I think in medicine they will teach you like much more in depth so if you haven't taken it like it's fine you'll be fine (laughs)
0: Another question I had was, why do you think you got rejected in the first place? Because four rejections to four offers, that just means you have, like, you actually had the, like, intrinsic skills to get you there. Why do you think you got, like, four rejections in the first place?
1: It was a skill issue. No,
0: but... (laughs) Shut
1: the fuck up! (laughs) No, no, but um, I think I only got two interviews, and they were from Bruno and Uclan, so... Oh, it's like the inter- international schools <laughs> yeah but I think it was my UCAT to be honest because I got a 2350 band four and which med school would take me in please no. let's be honest
0: <laughs> do you think you were just like not understanding how crucial the UCAT was or are you just
1: oh no, like- I didn't know we had to take the UCAT my counselor like in early September she was like oh yeah have you taken your UCAT I was like what's UCAT and I just had nine days until my exam, and obviously,
0: yes. I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so that that oh my gosh, yeah. But that that just shows that people like really underestimate how important it is, mm-hmm. because a lot of the time, it's like not transparent, and it's like oh, the you is just another test, an aptitude test. They don't really know how much it factors in to getting an interview. Um, so, was that the only reason that you feel like? How how did those two interviews go
1: and how do you think you could have improved? Okay, so after that for interviews, what I was doing to prepare was I put in the internet MMI questions because MMI, you know, everybody knows about MMI and I got a list of 250 questions, right? And mm-hmm. I did them, but they were all about communication and role play and nobody told me there were ethics, ethic pillars. Nobody told me there were hot topics. And okay, maybe it was kind of on me because, you know, researching skills didn't have any. But then, also, <laughs> but then also those really don't prepare you. Like that's just two stations out of six or seven stations that med schools usually have. And mm-hmm. UCLan, uh, like obviously like many most med schools, one of the questions was why medicine? I had never thought mm-hmm. of my why medicine answer. And you can just, <laughs> I just stared into the camera and I was like, because I love medicine, I don't see myself doing anything else, and that is such a red flag. Like, obviously, I would reject myself too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So, have you? Do you think you've like developed a lot of like model answers since then?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, like talking with other med applicants, like doing the practice interviews. It it doesn't just help you work on your answers but also hearing other people answers obviously not their personal experiences but their answers to like hot topic questions or ethical questions you can definitely get some of that information and you know spice up your own answers so <laughs> you just like steal some bits of information from people and kind of learn more yeah yeah. I think mm-hmm. those really helped
0: oh that's just it's just a give and take and honestly mm-hmm. like in medicine I feel like a lot of the time it's so competitive but now it's kind of like when you're reapplying, you learn from your past mistakes, but you also learn from other people's mistakes and all yeah,
1: of that. That's so true.
0: What words of encouragement would you give to other people who have gotten four rejections as well?
1: Okay, so you have all the rights to be sad and cry and have mental breakdowns when you open the track <laughs> email because people will say it's okay, but it's not. Like you have worked hard or at least you gave it all you could have given it. So it's okay to be sad and disappointed. And some parents like mine might not be really okay with you taking a gap year, but it's your life. So try to think of it as an opportunity to actually expand more because you have like much more to reflect on because of your rejection. So actually try to use that experience and reapply next year because honestly, it might seem like it's the end of the world at that time but like three months later you won't even look at it like like as that so it's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that you phrase it in such a way that it's like it's okay to not feel like it's okay like you gave 110% and it's just not enough and I feel like that's such a nice thing because from another perspective of someone who's trying to comfort their friend who got four rejections what's something that you would have liked to hear as someone who got four rejections
1: I think I didn't really say that I got four rejections to my friends until very late because it's embarrassing to be honest because everybody was expecting me to get in and then it it kind of feels like you've let people down. It's not just you being sad, it's also you worrying that you're also like disappointing people that you i don't know it's like your the image of you is kind of like changed in their minds and I think I would have wanted to share it with my friends faster because definitely they were like really supportive and cool and they made even jokes about it that I really appreciated it, but <laughs> I think for my Family, I would have really wanted it to be like more open because they just expected me to get in medicine because to them like, I don't know, like medicine, dentistry, law, engineering, like these were the only courses like appropriate for me to take. And it was like my responsibility to get into medicine. Like it was a hundred percent. So obviously, yeah, I would, I would like a more open, encouraging and supportive, you know, reaction, but it's fine. It, it builds personality, really. Get
0: <laughs> Us, like, I agree with that in that, like, a lot of the time Asian parents are also like that. It's just like, oh, we expected you to get... But they don't understand really how competitive and how difficult it is, especially as an international student. What?
1: No, I know, and,
0: like, especially, like,
1: since their time. I mean, it's been so many years, and medicine gets more competitive every year. So, I don't know, like, if you or your... I don't know, friends managed to get into medical medical school, like parents-wise, then it's not going to be the same for me. Like UCAT was established like just a few years ago. They didn't even have to take UCAT beforehand. So I think people need to, especially like parents and extended family, really need to lower their expectations because honestly, <laughs> it can be so toxic.
0: <laughs> it's like lower your expectations. That sound, that's like lower your expectations to zero. And like zero offers, (laughs) but (laughs) um, also like on the topic of like giving supportive advice. um, If you got four rejections, say, and then you have your family members or friends who are trying to give support, do would you rather them give emotional support first and then a more like realistic, like where do you go from here? Support or which one would you prefer, like just being there for you emotionally, or just being realistic and giving you advice?
1: I think at first, considering how I'm an emotional person, I definitely would have appreciated just a hug and that it will be okay. But then later on, because I can get a bit delusional, <laughs> I did want the logical side as well, because. Uh-huh. It, like the logic perspective like hearing what other people think can definitely help you in your own decisions like you can see more hearing from others than you would on your own so yeah I think both of them but definitely emotional at first because I, I don't want to be crying because I got rejected and then someone being yeah well it didn't happen this year like I know I'm crying because of that <laughs>
0: that's that's so horrible and I I feel like you're the prime example um like exemplar person for people who got four rejections this year and you can turn it into something that's like life-changing you know like four offers is actually crazy especially from the unis that you applied to (laughs) so what would you tell someone who feels super demotivated right now like I, I know you spoke about this previously but people like don't understand how devastating for for rejections can be and from someone who's been in their perspective been in their shoes and done it all how, like is there
1: anything that you would say Um, I mean it doesn't get better until like time heals you so just try to feel it and just know that you have another chance it's really it's gonna be okay just try to like feel your emotions right now process them all and then later try to think about your experiences and actually try to like note down things you can improve on and do it because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
0: so from a more logical perspective um if there was this applicant who had four rejections but they didn't really have any like work experience any volunteering in the first place how would you like suggest they go through that in- and
1: Gap Year is honestly free time, like a whole year of free time. Use it, obviously. Like, um, I think many medical companies offer work experience. And even if you can't do it, like the hospitals in your area don't really allow work experience or there's like a long waiting line, you can get work experience online. Like I got that. There are many webinars and conferences um, like discussing live cases for anyone like high school to professional medical you know healthcare professional. so it's fine like just research as much as you can it doesn't matter how tacky it sounds like you know the like organization you're working with the point is you have to reflect on what you see so if they do something bad that's something you can talk about in your interview there are questions that are like tell me like an, tell me about an unprofessional Thing you saw during your med like uh, work experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Answer. So definitely <laughs> use your gap here and get those in, because work experience. Some med schools do want your work experience. Like I think Manchester's one, and then some of them don't really care, but they they still ask you about it, like in your um, interviews, even if they don't want it as an entry requirement. So definitely mm-hmm. get those
0: yeah like work experience is so crucial I think a lot of first-time applicants don't realize this especially when it's it's so misleading on the websites as well like uni websites are like oh it's recommended work experience is recommended but especially with the caliber of applicants right now like it's not recommended anymore bitch it's actually like you have to have work experience of some sort so whether it be online or in-person work experience I think that most applicants should aim to get you know, like a few, a few hours to a few weeks of work experience at least,
1: yeah? Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Because even if you are a first-time applicant, you might change your mind after the work experience. Like, it can be too much, especially in like really crowded wards like A&E or even GP, like after seeing some of the interactions, you might want to pause and rethink this whole thing because it can get a little too much. So yeah, just change your mind if this isn't for you, like it will give you an insight of how it works. Actually, it's not Grey's Anatomy in real life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I I know lots of people will definitely like, kind of mm, get turned off by medicine, especially in the current climate. And like, throughout all stages of medicine through work experience, some might get demotivated through their work experience as well as during interviews when you're researching you know the junior doctor strikes and a lot of people will get turned off by that and demotivated by that as well so we've covered UCAT how you've um, improved in your UCAT on second time we've also talked about work experience how you've um, not really done anything for that but you've also taken a first aid course so let's talk about your interviews now so how did you step up your interview game
1: (laughs) Okay, I think the most essential thing that helped me during my interview prep time was Ali Burton. I literally love his channel, life favorite for real. Um, He has an interview playlist with all the topics Uh and I watched them all and they're like 10 minutes. So Mm -hmm. if you go to school, if you go to work, just like on the bus or however you like when you're walking, like just listen to them. It doesn't take that long. And also the ISC medical book, it will give you so much knowledge because I didn't know how the NHS works, but it has a whole section of that it might be a little outdated. So it's good to fact check, mm-hmm. but um, it definitely gives you I think ISC teaches you how to think about your interview answers. It just it doesn't just make you memorize the answer you have to give because there are like a certain amount of questions you can prepare for. Sometimes they might ask you something out of the blue That might just leave you like, oh, so you got to kind of know how to think about it as well. And definitely just answer as much as you can. Like at the start when I was just prepping, my answers were like maximum 30 seconds long. So just. Don't give up, you know, I know how hard it is to speak up and kind of share your answers with your friends or family, because especially when you practice with someone, it can get more intimidating, like looking at their eye, like, oh, my God, what am I even saying? But then um, it just gets better. So just don't give up, persevere and show it <laughs> resilience. And then, yeah, just build up on your knowledge. And I think there's also um, another website, Medic Portal. I think mm-hmm. with the, the medical too yeah so just read off on these and you'll be fine it's honestly just intimidating it's not that um hard <laughs> of practice mm-hmm.
0: and when it comes to the interviews like post-interview time how did you really feel like as a as a reapplicant did you feel like oh my gosh it's it's this or like what was the other option for you oh god (laughs) (laughs) like you don't even have to think about that now but like when was there a time where you were like if I get four rejections this year this I don't know what I'll do
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think when you're prepping, prepping for UCAT then it's done then you prep for interviews and then interviews are over there is that amount of time the period of time between your interviews and the results that will just make you overthink everything did I actually answer you know correctly but you know you can't even record your answers so there's just your memory that you have to rely on and sometimes it can get really intimidating like thinking about how well you did you kind of start doubting yourself and especially Mm -hmm. knowing that you were rejected last year it can kind of like you know what's going to happen like you know the track email that you get from UCAS it can very well be a rejection and kind of it really makes you stress, especially like checking TSR like 2407 and then seeing that, oh, I don't know, X university has started sending out offers or rejections and your, your heart just drops. And I think for me, I also applied to US so I can do an undergrad and then do post grad, but I know that's not an option for many people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think honestly, a second gap here might sound like a lot, but then. I think there's nothing else you can really do unless you're fine like going to your fifth option and doing grad entry medicine, which is also a whole, you know, difficult, difficult path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I
0: think I think especially as a gap year reapplicant, you don't have anything to fill that time where you're just anxiously stressing. So you really are checking your Gmails like twenty-four seven instead of like, oh, I have to focus on this year thirteen A level shit. Um, no, it's just it's just like checking your emails 24-7. And I can imagine how hard that must have been for you.
1: Yeah, like um, at one point <laughs> when one of my universities had started sending out offers and like rejections and stuff, I used to sleep at like 4 a.m. So I could get up at 12 or like 1 p.m. So I wouldn't have to be awake the whole morning waiting for the email. Like it's so stressful. Honestly, it's not talked about enough. Your mental health can hit a low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially as a re applicant. Oh my gosh, that sounds so stressful. But you must be so relieved that you got four offers to, to testify about how much you've grown as an applicant.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really felt good because it wasn't like it was 90% about getting into medicine, but there was also like this 10% that I felt like I had to prove it to myself that I can actually get into my dream career, dream course, and also my family because you said it. Yeah, it can be really hard, you know, trying, getting rejected and then sharing it with your family. That's a whole process.
0: It's a whole nother like level that most people won't really understand because there's that joy of receiving an offer. But also when you don't receive one and your family expects you to, that's just, it just feels really shit letting them down. Yeah. Okay, so as a reapplicant, how do you feel like the reapplication process has impacted your view on medicine like do you feel more motivated do you feel less motivated um and really like how has it impacted your emotions and your feelings and your like state while entering medical school this year
1: Okay so after I got rejections last year I was hurt. but then um, honestly I think it did make me more motivated because feeling how sad I was after those rejections really proved to me how much I want medicine and how much you know I just wanted it I really like it showed me that it is my dream career like really mm-hmm. so yeah it definitely did make me more motivated and emotionally I think also it I mean, it did hurt, but then at the same time, I think that pain and knowing that I can get rejected like really easily was kind of a push, you know, work harder, you know, try to um outdo yourself last year. I mean, me last year wasn't good, but for those people who were actually good and still got rejected, try to, you know, go like above and beyond what you can like give like as answers for your UCAT. Just try your best and use that. I don't know, like heartbreak. <laughs> heartbreak, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get medicine back. So
0: I'm so proud of that you were able to like turn that demotivation into fuel and into like, oh, I need to get this done mm-hmm. and to move progress into my next stage in my career. And I'm so proud of you for doing that.
1: Thank you.
0: I mean like you you, you are nice. such a model to people who are like, um, Four rejections and turning that into four offers is. We know (laughs) you. Arguably, you you've worked way harder than a lot of us, and I think that during your gap year, you really took that and ran with it. Like you really said, "I'm gonna do whatever I can do in this gap year." Oh,
1: I'm so proud of you, really. No, no, you're. (laughs)
0: And yeah, that's why Paria is such a good friend. It's because I've literally seen this girl like like just help so many people with their interviews even after she's finished hers. And really, she is the go-to girl if you need interview advice. So yeah. You're so
1: kind. Oh. Thank you, Thank you <laughs> so much for doing this. It was so fun. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. Did you find it fun? Did you, I
1: know you found it
0: like super stressful at the beginning, but how do you find it now?
1: Now... It's chill. I was just really scared of you like throwing a question at me that I had no idea how to answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, initially you were in very like interview mode, but I think like throughout you've just kind of like relaxed and just conversation. And yeah, I'm so proud of you. Okay, that is the end of this podcast episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you would like to listen to more of me, go on Medic Mornings at, on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening it on. And make sure to follow me at Medic Mornings on Instagram and also at MedbyFio, uh, which I've changed recently. Um, also make sure to follow Paria's socials. It's procrastinating
1: Paria on Instagram and on TikTok
0: yeah and she's going to post lots of um cute advice as well um so make sure to check her out <laughs> and finally remember to leave a rating on medic mornings and it would really help me as well so yeah that's it for today see you next time Bye-bye. bye bye